The elders uh, meet every week for prayer, intercession and discussion, visionizing, planning, and accountability. Um, we spend the first two hours doing that, just praying and thinking and praying for you and we spend the first two hours doing that and the second two hours we spend in the Word of God uh, thinking and cross-referencing wanting to listen to him through his word and wanting to implement what we find in our lives and in the church amen and elsewhere we all agree amen uh, on the messages on contentment the last couple of weeks uh, but also uh, we want to conclude this week um, with the truth of prosperity and, and riches and success. Um, we don't want anyone to think that we as a church are on the verge ourselves or would ask anyone else to think that we are considering how to become poorer so that we can look spiritual. <laughs> Amen. Uh, being poor is no indication of being spiritually mature and somebody listened to our messages on contentment and they just think well they don't want anything amen they just want to you know all get together in a commune and sell everything they have and live like poor people no that that's we're far far from that amen so we wanted to be able to uh, see how properly we are to see contentment and, 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 and prosperity. How, how, does, how does that look? How are we to view um, being happy with what we have with the idea that God wants us to prosper and be successful? How, how do you do that? How, how do you uh, reconcile those things? Uh, quite a study. <laughs> That's quite a study. Um, and so I think that we need, and I've talked to Larry and, and, and the elders about it, I think we need, sometimes we need little booklets, just little skinny things that are many, many theologies on things like this. Because the Bible does that. The Bible um, uh, talks about <clears throat> being content with what you have. You got food and clothing, be content. But then it turns around and, and it says that, you know, the hand of the diligent makes rich. <laughs> Now, the Bible is not contradicting itself. Amen. Amen. It never does. Um, so money, influence, power, authority, materialism are all tools for the king in the kingdom of God. As it is now manifested spiritually and culturally in the lives of its subjects. Um, uh, you know, what I mean by that is that um, all these things that are really tools, money, Affluence, influence, power, authority. They can be tools that we use by God's grace and mercy to be able to live lives that bring glory to his name. And as we have seen in the last two messages briefly, these things can be abused or made the central theme of one's life and message. You know, um, it, it's important. One pastor I know and told another pastor that I know that you cannot build a church uh, on one or two messages, namely health and wealth. Um, 
and the latter pastor did not listen and today he's still misleading many today in that health and wealth message and he hardly teaches anything else and so I concur with that former pastor you can't build a, a church on a couple of messages um, so what we want to do today is, is look at you know, briefly today, because we don't, this is a major study. As I began to study it, it was like it opened up more and more in different directions. And, and uh, I have a bad habit of sometimes making, in my own life, simple things complicated. Anybody else like that? <laughs> so sometimes I just have to, to dive in, trust God, speak to a situation and leave it alone. Amen. And trust that many of you are going to go home and dig it out and be Bereans. Amen. Amen. To search it out. Don't believe anything I say. I don't care how many times I point to it in the Bible. It's quiet in here. Amen. I'm not the sage on the stage. Amen. I'm not the master of all intelligent scripture expression and exposition. I, you know, you need to search it for yourself. Amen. I could be very, very convinced about something and be very, very wrong. Hallelujah. And so we just need to recognize that we need to go to the word of God ourselves to search whether or not those things are so. Uh, but there's this, 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 all throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way through, there's this incredible uh, teaching and, and revelation of wealth and poverty. <clears throat> it, it just, different things go together. I mean, wealth and poverty. And so wealth on one hand is, can be something that God gives to the diligent. Wealth and on one hand is something that God will bless people with according to his own purpose and his own design. On the other hand, wealth can be something that will drive people to their graves. Amen. Amen. And then not wake up in heaven. Poverty is something that we need to alleviate, that we should go and try to deal with and try to rescue and try to help those that are in poverty situations. On the other hand, poverty can be something that God sends because it's a curse. Somebody said, what? Yeah, he said, your crops won't grow, won't nothing go right, nothing's going to happen, amen, because you disobeyed me, amen. You see how these things are all over, they're all over the Bible, amen. So we have to understand how they really work at times. And how do you, how do you look at something like um, wealth and, and success and prosperity in the light of something like being content with what you have? Well, that's our goal today. Amen. By God's grace. And I just want to go through some scriptures today. I won't be before you long. But I want to go through some scriptures today that, that talk about some things along those lines and then finish. Um, with a, a suggestion for us to think through and begin to think that this is what God wants us to have as a balanced understanding. See, I want to live my life by the Spirit. I want to live my life by the Word. I want to be skillful in that. Skillful in that. In, in walking as He would have me to walk. And so let's, let's start by just mentioning some scriptures. Uh, you can write them down. This is being recorded, so you could also listen to it again. But think with me. And uh, First of all, I'm in Proverbs. I figured, you know, when I was studying this week, I'm going to read Proverbs because surely Proverbs, it, it talks a lot about wisdom and money and success. And so I figured I'm going to read Proverbs. And, and I got in Proverbs and I focused on it. And I said, man, it talks more about wisdom than it does money. 
you know, and, and how they relate to one another. But it wasn't as much as I thought it would be there when it comes to financial matters. It, some things are there, but it's, it's replete with wisdom, you know. But anyway, uh, one of them in chapter 3, verse 4, says that, uh, chapter 3, verse 4, says, so you will find favor and good success. I'm, I'm sorry, let me back up to verse 3. Chapter 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. See, there's some things about this, about uh, being blessed, about being successful, about being uh, rich or whatever. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet, uh, tablet of your heart. Verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So God wants you uh, to have favor and good success in his sight and in the sight of man. Uh, we, we could go to chapter 3 verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 uh, says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you, your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. In that society, that's what it was all about, you know, crops and wheat and, and grapes and amen. So if you had that, if you had a lot of that, you were rich, you were doing well, you were prospering. And here the scripture comes right out and says to you and I and to them, honor the Lord. That's how we the stuff we have, that the things that we produce, the people that people pay us to do our work. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with what you have and with the first fruits of all your produce It's giving us that understanding. You know, some people, not none of you, I'm not talking about you. Hallelujah. But some people, they treat God like a waitress in a restaurant. They just tip him. They just tip him, you know. <laughs> it's not the first fruits. I'll give you a tip. I don't want to tip God. Amen. If, if he says, honor me with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Uh, look at the scripture I mentioned earlier uh, in chapter 10 of Proverbs verses 4 and 5. It gives us wisdom. It gives us insight. Chapter 10 verse 4 and 5 says a slack hand causes poverty. <laughs> You're broke because you won't go to work. <laughs> you could sing about riches and you could claim riches all you want to but you better get a job <laughs> a slack hand causes poverty but the hand of the diligent makes rich hallelujah Amen. be busy about what you do I love it in, the, in, the, in Colossians when Paul is writing to slaves people who are, are servants of other people it says don't be an eye pleaser don't work hard when the boss is looking amen work hard before God hallelujah that, that, that's what's happening amen and so here it's like it says in the scripture here uh, a slack hand causes poverty Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the reason we never have nothing is because we never do nothing. Amen. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Hallelujah. And yeah, we take it too, too far somehow because we hold up heroes like Steve Jobs as heroes. As, and we want to 
everything he says. We want to read his book and how did he become successful. But, but, but God looks at somebody who is successful and is not godly and they're in trouble. It's sad. It's sad you were a, a success in the world and people treated you like an icon. But when you stand before the God of heaven and earth, you're in tremendous, eternal trouble. If he didn't know Christ. Yeah, diligence is a good thing. And so we're trying to balance being content with that ideals that we see in scripture here that we need to be a balanced church. Amen. And, and part of that is, is that you got to do something. You got to be, uh, you got to put forth effort. You got to, with your faith, with your trust. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that faith is obedience. <laughs> well, somehow we take the first couple of verses and we try to make a doctrine out of it when we ignore the rest of it where people were being obedient sometimes to the point of death. Amen. Faith is obedience, not speaking words only. Amen. Amen. And so we, we see in Proverbs these verses. Uh, look at chapter um, uh, 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. I know, I know quite a few people who got a lot of money and I, nobody here. I'm <laughs> over my 30 years of being in ministry, I've had to get to some situations and be involved in some situations where people have more money than they would ever know what to do with. But their lives were a mess. Amen. If we don't live by kingdom principles, if we don't worship the God of heaven and earth, if we don't honor him in our attitudes, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Amen. Money can never bring happiness. Many money even can't bring contentment because contentment is an inward spiritual thing and money can't solve that problem. And so as we look at chapter 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us understand this incredible mindset that he's calling his people to in the kingdom of God. Uh, chapter 11, verse 24 in Proverbs. One gives freely and yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. <laughs> wow hallelujah that one I'll leave with you glory be to God <laughs> you can be one who's generous and that's going to be a key idea Gener being generous trying to hold on amen and being fearful and afraid is one thing in the verse but, but being generous and being free to give and to bless other people it just makes you more all the more provided for. Uh, verse 25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. Amen. So as we seek to be a blessing to other people in various ways, not just money, but as we, we, we do that, then we are put in a position of being blessed. I love 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Because we're not told in the letters about tithing, about uh, how to give in the letters to the churches. It doesn't address tithing uh, specifically. But in chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, it brings out beautifully that we are to be those who are givers, who have cheerful hearts. 
Amen. And that God will provide seed to us so that we can sow that seed so that he can increase the fruits of our righteousness. And who would have ever thought that us being obedient to be generous to other people is working in us a righteousness that we will take with us into heaven. Amen. Amen. You see, being rich and being wealthy and prospering is not about you and I. That's the problem, ain't it? If, if all we're doing is getting richer and building bigger houses and driving five cars at a time, I don't know how you can do that, amen. If, if it's all about us and we're just accumulating stuff, you've missed the point and the goal of being blessed. Amen. Amen. But if you got this verse in mind, amen, that as much is coming in, some is going out. <laughs> Somebody would say, well, as much is coming in, as much is going out, amen. A conduit. You know, being a blessing. Then I believe with all sincerity that the scriptures would bear out that as we can be entrusted with certain riches and certain positions and authority, then God allows it. Amen. But he knows who he can't trust with something. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. He knows some people it would destroy them to be, to be rich. Some people don't need no authority. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> the last thing they need is authority. Amen. He is amazing that he would take the money lover, Judas, and make him the treasurer. Seems like God will give you enough rope to hang yourself. But Jesus, you know his heart. You know he's going to steal that money. Jesus says, I chose 12 of you. And one of you was a devil. Oh my God. Do you see how much control and sovereignty he has over everything? One of my team members is a thief. And I'm going to make him treasurer. Don't think, don't think we're ever going to get away with anything with God. Amen. Is that right? Uh, let's move on and see incredible things in the scripture here. Uh, chapter 12, verse 24 in Proverbs. It says, the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Oh, my God. <laughs> the hand of the diligent, will, they will be in charge. Amen. And then yet it says the hand or the slothful will be put to force labor. Verse 27. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game. <laughs> but the diligent man will get a precious wealth. See, we're talking about contentment the last couple of weeks. But here we also see that contentment is also to be understood in the light of diligence and generosity. Amen. And vision before God. That wealth and power and money is all to be used, yes, for your own needs, but then balance with the fact that you should allow things come from you, through you, and to other people. Amen. Amen. God is the most excellent manager you'll ever meet. <laughs> He knows how to situate people. He knows how to bless, who to bless. He knows who to withhold from. Amen. He knows our inside out. And, and yet we see things like this throughout scripture. Uh, chapter 13, verse 11. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. 
But whoever gathers little by little will increase it. <laughs> There's skill. Amen. He wants us to have enough for ourselves and he wants us to be able to give to others. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Amen. I'm just going to shoot over there for one second so I can get it exactly right. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Old Testament, New Testament, the mind of God uh, is, is this, this understanding of uh, this understanding of both wealth and, and prosperity and success and contentment and poverty. We need God's mind on these things. And he comes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 saying very much what the Proverbs are saying. He says in chapter 9 verse 6 after writing chapter 8 and then half of chapter 9 he says the point is this verse 6 whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully each one must give as he has decided in his heart that's why we don't have no hundred dollar lines fifty dollar lines five hundred dollar lines that's why we don't ask people to stand up because we need to do something. Who wants to pledge 500? Listen to the verse. It says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't let nobody put you in a situation where you feel like you must give. For God loves a what? Cheerful. Oh, that's exciting. He loves a cheerful giver? That's pretty heavy, isn't it? He doesn't just like a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. When I first read this, I was in a prosperity church, you know. But when I first read this verse, it exploded in my heart and my mind. It really did. Because it says, and I think back then I was reading the Amplified. And it just takes it to a whole nother level. <laughs> but in chapter uh, 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 9, verse 8. And God is able. Say able. able. To make all grace abound. Say all. all. <laughs> grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency. Amen. You know what? Everything you need when you need it. All sufficiency in all things. My, what? This is Paul the Apostle who told us to be content. Wait a minute. Hallelujah. <laughs> What's happening here, Paul? God is able to make all grace, talking about money in the context, provisions. He's able to make all things, make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Oh my God. I looked at that verse. I said, what? <laughs> Come on. I looked at that. You really want me to be blessed like that? But look what it goes. Let's not stop. He doesn't want me to wear $1,800 suits. That's not what this verse is saying. He doesn't want me to fly to Paris to buy my shoes. That's not what this verse is saying. It, it, it says in verse 8, and God is able. I like that. The God of heaven and earth, the creator, the maker, the sustainer, the provider is able. No arguments in this room today is there. But what is he able to do? Make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Come on. Sister Sabrina said, I've never went without a meal. Amen. And I could testify to that too. Amen. 
Never missed a meal because I couldn't. It might have been oatmeal or peanut butter and jelly. But, <laughs> but never missed a meal. Chapter 9. It says, at all times, you may abound in every good work. Not that you could be like the fool who had the barn who wanted to build the bigger barn. It, it wasn't just for you. It's for every good work. And I know that when God can, can trust you, that how he blesses you, you're going to be finding and seeking his face on how you can be a blessing to his kingdom, to his purpose, to his church. I believe, amen, that he lets all grace abound in every good work. Verse 9. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He's talking about the man who is generous. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Do you see the tie between our actions and how we handle money and things? You see the connection between that and eternity? Ooh, your righteousness endures for what when I handle money right when I in the kingdom of God when I look for the gospel to go forward when I get when I'm blessing other people when I'm helping the poor when I'm furthering the purposes of God you mean to tell me by those actions and those attitudes that there is something called righteousness that follows me into eternity that's pretty heavy right there and then you got the people who hold on to that dollar they have. <laughs> Here. Scripture goes on to say. Verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food. That's God. Will supply and multiply seed for sowing. And increase the harvest again of your righteousness. I would, it's just amazing that God is tying righteousness to generosity towards his kingdom, towards people, amen? And that's what it says here. And then for verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. I almost could just say, okay, amen, we can go home, we got something to think about right now, don't we? This is prosperity. Amen. This is, I'm reading to you what a successful Christian could look like. Amen. Now, riches come in degrees. Amen. I told you about a Hispanic brother down in Johnson City when I was there preaching. He comes from Santo Domingo or somewhere, Dominican Republic or something. And he comes up here and he's got a house and he's got a new baby and a wife and a car that I said he looked like he painted it by hand. And as far as he was concerned, I'm rich. You should see my brothers down in Dominican <laughs> I'm, I'm well off. I'm prospering. I got a job. I'm feeding my baby. You see, it's by degree. Amen. Here in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous. Amen. Not enriched so you can be opulent. Mm -hmm. So that you can just show off. Amen. So that you can be the idol of everybody's attention. No, you will be enriched, it says in the scripture here, in every way, to be generous in every way. This is heavy duty stuff. <laughs> See, the problem is, as the elders, we were talking about this. The problem is we're not taught about money properly many times. From the Bible or from common sense. Really, my parents, I love them, but they never sat me down and said, now this is the dollar, boy. <laughs> 
They never said, and this is a credit card. It, it will hang you. <laughs> you know, you get in school and you're, and you're a freshman in college and, and they stick a credit card. I don't know nothing about money. Here's a credit card, $1,000. Buy books. Right. <laughs> My student loans went for couches and, and cars. and it just Now they finally realize, even in the world, we're going to educate you before we give you this money. <laughs> So now you got to go through all kind of hoops to get your student loan. You see what I'm saying? We're not educated. And, and, and so because we're not educated, we're not taught properly about common sense, secular ideals about money or what the Bible says about money. Then false teachers and prosperity teachers and money lovers come along and start teaching us things that get us all twisted up and tangled up. But here we see for sure, verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God my God whole towns and villages in Africa and South America excited and in, in love with God and in love with Americans because they come in and build a well and they, ain't gotta, they don't have to walk for miles and miles to get water because somebody decided that they were going to go into their checking account and give generously. And in Africa and in South America or India, those people are praising and thanking God for something you did. This is, this is what the text is saying. The gospel is coming. The gospel is coming to people. And in this particular air, uh, place that we're looking at, the gospel is coming. And it says... You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Back to Proverbs. See, it's all over the scriptures. It's all over the scriptures. We were at 13, 11. But now we want to look at also uh, Proverbs 19, 17. Come on, let's talk about money. Let's, let's talk about how to use it. Let's talk about prosperity. Amen? Promotion at your job is good. But, but is it just all about you? Chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 17. Whoever is generous, generous to the poor lends to the Lord. <laughs> lends to the Lord? Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Amen. Do we believe the Bible? Amen. Now, key is you don't do these things to get things. That's where the hundredfold teaching came from. So we create fables. You give ten dollars, you get a hundred back. Okay, you're, you're playing games with God now. Amen. What you doing with the hundred dollars? Why are you giving the ten dollars? Yeah. Are you giving the ten dollars to get a hundred dollars? And then when you get a hundred dollars, what you gonna do with the hundred dollars? We don't get that far in the teaching, do we? <laughs> we just get so in debt and so bombarded that we need money. And if somebody says, if you get ten, you get a hundred. Then we start sending so and so all our money <laughs> and get deeper in debt. And in the meantime, the only one that's prospering is the one preaching it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> it says in this verse, he who lends to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Chapter 22, verse 1. 
a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Isn't that wonderful? Have a good name, a good reputation. Amen. An elder has to be above reproach. You know what that means? Nobody can come and say anything to you that would be true about Emory Brown, Larry Wolf, or Wayne Norman. When it has to do with just the things that are in that elder's situation. The, the way they handle money, the way they handle their households. and, and Yeah, we're all growing. Nobody's perfect. But nobody should be able to bring a charge against a man of God. Amen. Of corruption and things of that nature. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. But today, we made silver and gold favor. But that's not what the scripture says, is it? Today, favor is being rich. In the Bible, favor is separate from being rich. Isn't that amazing? Which means you can have no money and have the favor of God on you. <laughs> that's awesome. Amen. You can have nothing and, and have the favor of God. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver and gold. Verse 4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That's why we had to come back and do this. Because we couldn't leave you with contentment. To make it seem like, well, let me go sell everything I got. Have a couple pair of jeans and some <laughs> pair of sneakers. And, and just show how spiritual I am. No, that's not what we're saying. Look at all these verses. The verses are saying uh, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Holiness is good. <laughs> I don't know, but I enjoy the pursuit of holiness. I thoroughly enjoy it. And that's why we were saying to our brother back there and he's wrestling with people and they got attitudes and, and what. I don't care about people. I care about God. Amen. I want to be a blessing in the sight of people. But if people don't like me because I love God, I feel sorry for you. Amen. 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 So as we look at this, verse 7, the rich rules over the poor. And the bower, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, America. The borrower is slave to the lender. Oh, uh, what is his name? Uh, financial peace. Dave Ramsey. The church needs to get a hold of some of that information and think it through and use it. Honestly. I went through it. My wife and I went through it. You know, there's a process there. Things that you may have not received from your parents or from any other source. Uh, we don't want to be haphazard out here when we work all week and labor and put in time and effort. We don't want to be slaves to Macy's. Slaves to John, uh, not John Kelvin. <laughs> Kelvin Klein. <laughs> we don't want to be slaves to J.C. Penney. Amen. The borrower is slave to the lender. We're almost done in, in, in this section. I, I just wanted 23, 4. 23, chapter 23, verse 4. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Don't pursue wealth for wealth's sake. 
your thinking, our thinking is not right when, when the goal is just to have a lot of money or a lot of property. If that's the goal, the scripture says don't toil. Amen. Because that's all you're going to end up with. Amen. I know people who have done very well financially and materialistically, but I also know about their marriage. I also know about their kids. Amen. Not talking to none of you. I'm just saying I'm talking 30 years of experience as a Christian and as a pastor. Money is not the answer. Unless we know how to use money properly and our attitudes are biblical about money, money's not the solution. Verse 24, do not toil to acquire wealth. And, and, and it's sad when, when we misunderstand all that the Bible has to say about money and money becomes the gospel. We don't even know it, but money becomes the gospel today. Amen. Jesus died so that you could be rich and healthy and have great self-esteem. Pretty much in a lot of circles, that's the gospel. Amen. But it says don't toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Chapter 30 of Proverbs. And this is a great mindset. And, and I try to live by this. You know, I pray about this. And, and I submit it for your consideration. Chapter 30, verse 8. Agar says, remove far from me falsehood and a lying and lying. Give me neither poverty or riches. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Amen. We want to succeed. We want to prosper. We want money, hopefully, to be able to give money. Amen. When people are in jams and, and people want, need to hear the gospel in different places or, or when people go through changes, we want to so construct our habits and our stewardship and our bank accounts and everything so that we can say yes and not, I don't have it. Amen. Well, here he prays and says that. Don't give me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, you know me. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> but David said, I'm old and I was young and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. Amen. So I don't want to be in poverty. That's not showing how spiritual I am because I, I, I don't have money, I don't have clothes. I can't, can't even get on the bus. But I'm spiritual. That's not it. it. There's this balance here that, that we're seeing in the scriptures, throughout the scriptures here. Let's move on and we'll close. I love what Paul says. If you go to 2 Corinthians one more time in chapter 6. 2 Corinthians 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Yeah, we, we need a theology of money. We... we I think sometimes things happen in the body of Christ to force us to think. <laughs> you know, God did that in the Old Testament. You know, he sent false prophets in among them. Isn't that amazing? 
He sent the men to test them to see if they were going to hold to his word. So we have to understand that that happens sometimes. And, and it forces us to now go to the scriptures to understand money, materialism, prosperity, shalom. What is it? How do we balance that with contentment? How, how do we understand that we should do a good job at work? And if they promote you, amen, a better opportunity to, to be in a situation to tell about Jesus. And, and it's good to be able to be given things, inherent things. And if God puts things in your possession, use it for the glory of God. Amen. Look at Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse 3. We put no obstacle in anyone's way. So that no fault may be found with our ministry. There were false apostles criticizing the true apostles. He's dealing with that. He says we put no obstacle in anyone's way. So that no fault may be found with our ministry. Verse 4. But as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way. By great endurance. Look at us. We're real apostles. You know, if I got to brag, I'm a brag for Christ's sake. We are real apostles. And he says, we went through and we have shown great endurance in afflictions. Amen. Hardships. This is the apostolic life. <laughs> Calamities. Beatings. Imprisonments. Riots. Labors. Sleepless nights. Hunger. Verse 6. We've shown ourselves to be apostles by what? Purity. Knowledge. Patience. Kindness. The Holy Spirit and genuine love. Verse 7. By truthful speech and the power of God. With weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. That's the best part I want to get to. That's the mindset that is awesome in the kingdom of God. Amen. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. Knowing how to use material things and, and opportunities and successes and prosperity and realizing that that's just an earthly thing. We are possessors of everything in Christ. That's awesome. Amen. I'm not going to get stuck on things down here. Amen. I'm going to use it as tools. I'm going to use it for the spread of the gospel. I'm going to use it for the kingdom of God. I'm going to use it to make the poor in a better situation. I'm going to help people and be a blessing to people. But I'm not stuck on it because I really possess all things together with Christ. Why would I get stuck on it here? Why is that the aim and the pursuit of my life when I possess all things in Christ? I'm a co-heir together with Christ of all things. I'm seated together with him in heavenly places. I reign with him. You reign with him. Why am I going to sell out and drop down to a lesser place and love materials? 
they took jewelry and gold and earrings and all kinds of fancy stuff. God gave them favor with the Egyptians and they went out with all this jewelry and gold and they got out in the midst of the wilderness and made a God out of it. Yes, and I'm saying that's the same thing the prosperity movement is doing. And Paul says, having nothing, yet we possess everything. Just to know how to use stuff for God's glory. That's when you know you're growing and you're mature, amen? Being able to let go of something. You got 15 of them anyway. Christian, spirit-filled Christians who understand the kingdom of God and who understand the purpose of God and the glory of God. Christians who understand that Jesus himself, when he came down here, it's amazing when we look at his lifestyle and we look at the things that went on in his life. It's amazing that Jesus himself is, a, is an example for us to be able to understand that there's some incredible things that uh, are important for us to see and realize. And that is that he was born in the manger, amen, in a very lowly situation to a middle-class working family. Jesus' father was a manual laborer, a carpenter, amen. Listen to all these details about Jesus' life. Jesus was adopted by this carpenter at Jesus' birth. They were so poor, his parents, that they had to offer two pigeons at his birth for purification. Amen. Think of Jesus. He attended and went with many into the lower class, handing out issues and dealing with their problems. He hung around prostitutes and people of ill repute to the point where they called him a wine bibber and a glutton. He hung around people, his, the economic outcasts and the widows and those people who were involved in all kinds of things. Jesus was there with them, ministering to them. And he said himself, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Living as if he had nothing and yet possessing everything. During his ministry, he had no home. They wanted to come and go with him. He says, you were... I don't have a place to stay. He had no regular income. Amen. Amen. He had to borrow a boat just to preach out of. Right? Amen. He had to multiply food when they needed it. <laughs> he had to borrow a coat to ride on. A room to meet for the last supper. Somebody else's tomb. <laughs> to be buried in. And yet at the same time, there's this balance. He never got on anybody's case because they had money alone. It's when they loved it. Is that right? He hung out with rich people. He ministered to Zacchaeus. He ministered to him, healed him. Amen. He had no problem with people with money. It's what you do with it. It's if you trust it or not. Amen. And that's the issue here. And so we're trying to bring a balance to what we said the last couple of weeks by being able to just say that when Jesus, he's doing exactly what, what the fall, he's undoing what the fall did. 
And I'm closing here by saying, listen, uh, Adam and Eve wanted to be equal with God. And so they fell and was tempted by the serpent. They wanted that equality to be as God. That's the temptation. And they fell for it. Amen. But then Jesus comes around on his time on earth and he is equal with God. But he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he laid aside his glory and his splendor and became a man to be able to serve. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to give my life a ransom for many. The Garden of Eden, chapter three, the same area. Amen. They were disobeying God's commands. They wanted life. They wanted the things that the serpent promised them. They wanted, they loved the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. They wanted those things. Jesus died on the cross as a criminal. They treated him like a criminal on the cross. As we continue to think about these things, we realize that God wants us to live that same kind of lifestyle as the apostles. Yes, be promoted. Prosper, save your money. If you need to make investments, be a blessing. But at the same time, realize that our hearts cannot be set on the treasures of money. Amen. I wanted to do another message, but I changed it last minute. Because I want to close. I'm not going to do it next week. I'll do it later. But Abraham's blessings needs to be addressed. Amen. Because people have Abraham's blessings distorted. Let me give you one little preview and we'll come back to it later. People think that just because something is narrated or reported, that sometimes that can become a teaching for all time. What I mean by that is the Genesis account says that Abraham was rich. It says that God made Abraham rich and Abraham even refused to take stuff from people because he says and then you say you made Abraham rich. Yes, Abraham was rich. Amen. But when you look at scripture and you look at what the Bible teaches about the promises that God promises to give to the seed of Abraham. When you look at the scriptures, when you see the covenant he made with Abraham, never is Abraham's personal income included in the promises of the blessings. We're being hoodwinked. Amen. I searched the New Testament, I searched the letters, and I tried to find any place, any place where Abraham's blessings was money or riches. No, his personal situation was that God made him rich. It never was included in the promise to make all his seed rich. Because the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 16 of Galatians, that it wasn't all about all his seeds anyway. It was about his seed, and his seed was Christ. And I just read to you that Christ came down here, had everything and possessed nothing. The blessings of Abraham are salvation, righteousness, justification by faith, the promise of the spirit and a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Says nothing about money. Says nothing about being rich. He never promises to make all his people rich. Amen. <laughs> And so I don't care what teacher, I don't care what size his church is, I don't care what he says. If they teach that Abraham's blessings are monetary, you're listening to a false gospel. Amen. And I stand 
to be corrected. Amen. <laughs> and when the elders take positions like this, we still haven't had anybody come and say, we want to talk to you about that. But I'm telling you, no. Abraham's blessings are not monetary. Amen. As a matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says that he's walking around in the land of promise, and that's not what he was looking for. <laughs> he was looking for the, the city whose builder and maker is God. So let's balance this out by recognizing God wants you to prosper. God wants you to succeed. He want, but the caveat is your motives have to be right. Is it for you or is it for his name's sake? Amen. It's all about your motives. Now don't be mad at me about Abraham. <laughs> That's our calling. <laughs> And don't be mad about Abraham. Just show me the difference. I, I won't fight you. I won't want to get in the fisticuffs with you. Amen. Somebody said, what's fisticuffs? You know, fight with you. I'm, I'm not a brawler. Amen. If you tell me I'm wrong and you show me the scriptures, and, and then I will get back up here next week and say, I was wrong. And I'm going to chase Abraham's blessings too. Amen. <laughs> I'm claiming them too, amen. If I'm supposed to be rich, then I want to be rich. I want everything that God has for me. But I don't want to take everything he gives me and make a God out of it. I don't want to bow my knee to materialism and prosperity and the thought of being opulent. The Bible says people who desire to be rich fall into a snare and many harmful things. But if you're rich... And be a blessing. If God brings something your way, if you invent something, if you inherit something, if you get promoted, whatever, enjoy it, but pass it on. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, what a what a a problem. What 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 a challenge. That we have an entire Bible where you talk about wealth and prosperity and success and money and poverty. And Father, we have not, many cases, we have not properly constructed our understanding on these things. But we thank you that you have opened the door, even through some of our challenges and our problems and the teachings, that we're forced to go to your word and say, What's, what saith the Lord? And so thank you, Lord, for giving us that desire to pursue how to handle uh, materialism, how to handle, how to understand success, how to understand prosperity, how, how to understand these in relationship to contentment. Oh, to be content and at the same time be blessed by you to prosper and to be content and to prosper. In the name that's above every other name, we give you glory. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Glory to God. Our sister has a, a song, Revelation song, that we're going to ask um, Miriam to come if you would just allow her to minister to you in song for these next few moments.